Hey everybody, it's Rob from Cigar Store Idiots coming to you guys kind of live from uh, Palm Springs, California. I'm down here on a business trip, hanging out at the Hyatt Regency Indian Wells Resort and Spa. Probably, not probably, but definitely the one of my favorite places I've ever stayed before. Unfortunately, I'm not here on an R&R trip. It is uh, strictly work, uh, what I like to call work jail. So uh, I've been here uh, hanging out with the folks that I work with and learning some new stuff, some new products coming up all that good stuff coming so i just wanted to get an episode out to you guys and let you know that we have not forgot about you we've just been super busy with our schedules and we eventually will get them worked out to where we will get back uh, to some consistency as far as podcast episodes are released so kind of funny story on my way in i'm not a big fan of flying everybody already knows that so i'm flying in atlanta into salt lake and of course i always go delta because i'm superstitious and we get to the Salt Lake Airport, and the flight is much shorter. Uh, there's high winds over here in California at this time. So they didn't put me on a big airplane, which already freaked me out because I need a TV to distract me the whole time I'm flying. So I don't think about what I'm doing, where I'm at, and what's going on around me. And we go out to get on the tarmac, and we're getting on basically what it is is a beer can with two wings. It's pretty terrifying. I already know that this is going to be a rough ride in for me. Uh, and uh, sure enough, we get on there, and uh, it's an old plane, so there's no TVs. So this whole entire flight, this whole entire trip, I'm going to be taking um, with nothing to distract me, except the sweet little old lady that's sitting beside me, uh, which I'll get to in a second. So, so we take off. We leave Salt Lake. And the plane starts flying and everything's good and they're they're kind of we're ascending and they're talking about you know we we're not going to lie to you we've got some rough travel ahead of us and that is not i mean if you're like me and you're scared to fly that is not what you want to hear uh, that is the worst news that i could hear um so as soon as the the guy gets that out of his mouth i'm talking the plane is flying and takes a dip like drops out like if you can imagine being on a roller coaster where it takes your guts so this plane drops and then it pops back up and uh, I think my guts went down into my toes and then it, it went up right around the top part of my throw up button where I was about to puke my guts out and I'm pretty sure at this point I don't have any color in my face and the little lady sitting beside me is just trying to have a conversation. She's just talking, talking, talking away, talking away and I didn't want to be rude. I didn't want to be uh, disrespectful to her but I kind of looked at her and shook my head like, not right now. Please don't talk to me right now because I'm about to throw up on both of us. So long story short, it was a short flight. So we landed, we got into Southern California. We landed over here in Palm Springs and uh, it's really cool if you've never been here. To me, it's kind of like a mix between uh, Arizona and Colorado. Uh, there's a lot of cactuses here, the big cactuses and the mountain range is beautiful. It's about 70 degrees, and then we have uh, the snow-capped mountains all around us, so it's really nice, really pretty. Unfortunately, I did not get to uh, to, to do any sightseeing. It's, it was all, all work, so I'm, I'm looking forward to coming back and doing something fun, uh, maybe bringing, bringing the wife with me and seeing what we can get into while we're here in uh, Southern California. So um, I wanted to give... Uh, a shout out to blackout coffee as well this episode will be brought to you guys by blackout coffee if you like good coffee then we've got great coffee for you all you got to do is go to cigarstoreidiot.com find the blackout coffee link uh, make sure you hit that and use promo code rob w 
10 that's r-o-b-w-10 uh, and that'll get you guys some savings either on some shipping or, or i think on product on your products or whatever you like and it's not just coffee if you like tea if you like drinking if you buy loose teas or you like to to make your own tea they have all kinds of different flavors of teas so uh, one of my favorite things is uh, the medicine ball that they have at starbucks um, they have those two specific teas that you can buy uh, and make that for yourself at home and you get a lot more bang for your buck you'll actually save some money and it tastes just as good if not better to me so um, this episode i wanted to do since we're down here in uh, california i kind of wanted to go over some suspicious deaths that actually still are talked about today in the area uh, and everybody knows that hollywood is known for the fame and fortune uh, it's also known for the 18 most notorious serial killers in united states history but uh here's some uh, unsolved mysteries that went down here that still haven't been solved and so there's a lot of big rumors uh still circling today about specific people that have passed away and i'll start it out with uh virginia rap in 1921 she was uh roscoe fetty arbuckles uh i guess they 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 hooked up for a night or whatever um she was well known uh she was a uh, model and she also was a silent film actress and you couldn't get any bigger than uh fatty arbuckle he had just signed a million dollar deal to do some silent movies with Paramount. Uh, so he was, you know, he was the biggest star at that time. If you think in the twenties, a million bucks is that's a ton of money. So um, he had actually met her at a Labor Day party in 1921, and for whatever happened in that evening, um, allegedly they had had sex and it had ruptured her bladder and it caused her to uh she died so arbuckle was arrested for um he was arrested for killing this lady for manslaughter and rape he went to trial three times i believe and he was acquitted all three times um but it pretty much ruined his movie career because he had this big stigma uh that he had he had killed this woman uh, he had raped her and killed her um stories would come out later to find out that it looked like that she had had a cyst rupture due to uh, alcohol consumption. Uh, I don't know if she, what kind of, she must have been a partier. And also they, there was speculation that she had a botched abortion and possibly even a venereal disease that had taken her life. Um, so she really basically, her death was most likely brought on by her poor health and uh, not, um, uh, not, being abused and sexually assaulted and murdered by uh, Roscoe Fatty Arbuckle. And again, his whole movie career was over after that. Pretty much ruined him for life. Another one I wanted to talk about was Thomas Ince. Uh, Thomas Ince was a silent, a silent film mogul. He was known as the father, the father of the Western. And he died November 19th of 1924 aboard William Randolph Hearst's yacht. Uh, William Randolph Hearst was a big uh, newspaper mogul. And the official cause of death listed as a heart attack, uh, but there was all kinds of rumors that Hearst's girlfriend, actually her name was uh, Marion Davies, she was kind of entangled with Ince for years. They were they were dating, but Ince thought I'm sorry, Hearst thought that his girlfriend uh, Davies was having an affair with Charlie Chaplin. So he at one point on his yacht, he had went down to down to the the lower part of the yacht 
and found her with Charlie Chaplin, and he began to shoot, you know, he began to shoot at both of them, trying to shoot them both. It wasn't actually Charlie Chaplin, it was actually Ince. It was, and Ince was actually shot in this thing, but he, he thought he was shooting at Charlie Chaplin. Um, there was no autopsy done due to his um, religious beliefs. The body was cremated, so they never really found out what killed him, if he was poisoned or not. So that was some, that was some speculation there. Uh, we'll go to another one in 1944, the murder of Georgette uh, Bauerdorf. In October 12th of 1944, she was 20 years old. She was found dead face down in her bathtub with a washcloth stuffed into her mouth. <clears throat> At first, the police had the audacity of success. Um, they suggested that, uh, she, that she had slipped and drowned. But as the autopsy was performed, they saw where she was beaten, raped, and suffocated. Her car was actually stolen and a hundred bucks was missing. And then 12 miles from her apartment, the next day the car showed up. Um, she was a, a wealthy oil tycoon's daughter and she had uh, took a kind of a, a job that they probably wasn't proud of. And she was actually a hostess at a nearby gentleman's club. And so what they thought probably had happened was that the cert that she was she there was a, a gentleman there who had made advances towards her uh, who wanted to call on her and the feelings were not uh, reciprocated and they thought that that gentleman was the one that had maybe killed her but they never found him never found out never found out who who had murdered her Another odd one in 1947. Everybody knows this. There's a million podcasts on it. I'm just going to brush over it quickly. Um, you had the Black Dahlia murders. And in 1947, uh, 22-year-old Elizabeth Short, she was a waitress and a, a young Hollywood hopeful. She was found dead uh, in Leinart Park. Uh, short of being cut completely in half and the blood drained from her body, lacerations on her face and her mouth and her ears. Uh, she also had bruises on her wrists, lacerations on her wrists. Uh, she had been tied up for some time, and they even thought that she was tortured. Um, she was given, uh, they gave her the nickname the Black Dahlia. And all the media attention investigations, um, her assailant was never apprehended. And to this day, the people th uh, they still have theories uh, about who committed the murder. And they said that, you know, unfortunately they never they never could find a suspect so she was the the killer was never found in her case as well there's all kinds of rabbit hole theories on that if you'd like for us to cover that uh like i said there's a million podcasts on it but if you'd like for us to cover it we could dig a little deeper on it for you any of these that you'd like for us to dig in a little bit deeper we definitely could so um in 1962 uh, james gilmore jr he was a delinquent 14 year old child from uh, baldwin park he had wrecked uh, havoc with his motorcycle, like he was in a motorcycle gang. And in uh, January the 7th of 1962, uh, Jimmy and his little brother Wayne, uh, they were home alone. And they heard somebody knocking on the back door. And Jimmy went outside, and he never returned. Three days later, he was reported uh, that, he, that he was missing, but the police said, oh, he probably just ran off. And this is 1962. In 1985, over a decade after uh, they had moved out of the house, his skeleton, Jimmy's skeleton, was found buried in a shallow grave under the house by a worker doing renovations. Uh, the remains had been there in the house for two decades. Uh, neither Gilmore nor the family who moved in afterward complained. They had, uh, they, nobody complained of the smell. Um, 
Jimmy's entire family was given a polygraph test, and there were three passes, leaving no suspects. So this kid was never, they never found out who murdered this kid and buried him under his own house. Probably his parents or a family member. It's no brainer there for me. Um, then you got 1977, the murder of Krista Helm. Krista was a young party goer, and she also was an aspiring actress. Uh, she was, uh, she's being seduced by the names in Hollywood, supposedly an attempt to further her career, which we all know Hollywood's a seedy ass place, uh, and they take advantage of women. It's, it's actually, um, a cesspool for how they treat women. And it's, it's still to this day, there's, there's things that's out there. So, um, she, uh, she was found beaten and stabbed to death outside of, inside of her home. And, uh. And she was there left. Uh, it was actually her agent's home. Um, she took many lovers, so she was kind of, I don't want to call her, I don't want to talk bad about her, but she had uh, both male and female uh, suspects, a long list of um, people of promising leads. And those close to her said that she kept a diary of her sexual exploits and that someone may have harmed her uh, in order to keep that diary's contents a secret. The diary was never found. Uh, another one, uh, 1978, if you ever watched Hogan's Heroes, uh, Bob Crane was a big actor back in the day. Um, he was also a naughty fellow. He was nefarious for his sexual exploits and sometimes with the help of uh, John Henry Carpenter, not to be confused with a horror director. But uh, 1978, he was found bludgeoned to death, bludgeoned to death, not bludgeons, uh, bludgeoned to death, uh, with a tripod, they had said uh, the suspect could have been a jealous boyfriend or a husband or even a former lover of Crane's who didn't want to be taped. Um, and then eventually, Carpenter, uh, it looks like in 1994, uh, was charged with a murder. And then subsequently, uh, he was acquitted due to insufficient evidence. So it just makes you wonder what's going on there. Here's another one. Uh, another big one, Natalie Wood, 1981, she drowned. There's a whole big rumor mill circle around that thing. She actually was married to Robert Wagner, who's a big actor. During that time, Natalie Wood was kind of coming up in the in the movie scene. Um, she had a rocky relationship with him, and they divorced in 1957, and then they remarried. And then on October the 28th, 1981, her body was found bruised and floating off a cove of Catalina Island where her and Wagner and their friend Christopher Walken, the actor Christopher Walken, had uh, spent the night on the yacht. Authorities had concluded that she simply slipped and fell, uh, and then she, she just drowned. Um, but they're saying previously uh, Wagner and Walker had been seen fighting potentially over her, uh, uh, the closeness that Walken had with Wood. Uh, to further complicate things, uh, Wood was afraid of water, so it didn't make any sense for her, uh, you know, to get in. The, he, they said that she got into the water. That made no sense for her to get into the water since she was afraid of the water. Um, her case was reopened in 2011, but neither Wagner or Walken uh, are suspects. And then the captain, Dennis uh, Daverin, he came out and said that he had seen Woods and uh, Wagner fighting on the night she died. So makes you wonder if he beat her up and threw her over and she drowned. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's pretty sad, despicable situation. And then again, you'll never we're never going to find out who did it. 
Uh, Peter Ivers in 1983 was a well-known musician in the 70s and 80s, and he actually wrote uh, part of the score for uh, director David Lynch's Eraserhead. Um, he was found bludgeoned to death in his apartment in 1983, and a large group of his friends actually gathered in the apartment soon after his death. So a lot of evidence was destroyed. Ivers had so many friends and acquaintances, in fact, that the pool of suspects were overwhelming. Uh, they, they had so many people that they could kind of target and go after. The possibility will also consider that Ivers' death may have just simply been a bad, a robbery had gone bad, like somebody had broken the steal from him and, and then he ended up dead. Um, in 1994, the death of Michelle Von Emster, uh, 19... In 94, her naked body was found uh, in a local transit floating off the water of Point Loma Beach. She was horribly mutilated, missing her right leg, her right leg, not right leg. Uh, chunks of flesh were missing, uh, and she was covered in bruises and bite marks. Uh, it was apparent that she had been attacked over a long period of time, suffered cracked ribs, a broke neck, in addition to her other wounds. Um, San Diego medical, exam medical examiner Brian Blackburn ruled the bites and mutilations to be works of a shark. He later confessed that he knew nothing of sharks. Most of the bite marks on Emster's body were too small uh, to have come from a great white, and they were most likely from a smaller blue shark, um, made by a blue shark after her death. Question remains, though, uh, Emster's clothing was never found. It was only 60 degrees that night, and it was way too cold to go swimming. And uh, she had large, large amounts of sands in her sand in her lungs, um, and there's a lot of speculation that she was attacked and thrown into the water. Um, we'll get kind of closer to my era. In 1997, uh, Biggie Smalls, uh, famous rapper uh, Christopher George uh, Wallace, he was killed in a drive-by shooting on March 9th of 1997 by an unknown suspect dressed in a blue suit, bow tie, driving a Chevy Impala. Uh, most people, including myself, believe that his his death uh, somehow was a retaliation over Tupac was killed in a drive-by shooting in Las Vegas six months prior. The LAPD never saw the case, but if you'll go back and listen to the Rampart Division, the Rise and Fall of Rampart Division, we have, a, I think, a three-parter, two-parter on that one. Um, and you'll we'll dig in. We definitely dig into that one a lot more. Uh, and you will kind of see that there was some dirty, corrupt cops, uh, even on the West Coast and East Coast. And all those things kind of conspired and happened. And, uh, and, of course, we lost Biggie and Tupac in that whole mess. Uh, the last one I'm going to go over will be uh, in 1998, the murder of Stephanie Crow. Uh, on the morning of January 21st of 1998, 12-year-old Stephanie Crow was found dead in the doorway in her room. She had been stabbed nine times. And the police could not uh, gather enough sufficient DNA evidence, nor did they even find a murder weapon. Uh, the family members claimed that she uh, that they didn't see anything or hear anything ordinary throughout the night. Um, eventually, her brother admitted uh, to the murder under extreme coercion and manipulation by the authorities. Uh, he initially was charged but never prosecuted, uh, and his because his confession was forced. Uh, a schizophrenic drifter named Richard, uh, I believe it's. Uh, to it was another suspect. He had been seen in Crow's neighborhood the night before Stephanie's death, banging on doors looking for a girl named Tracy. He was convicted for the murder in 2005, but again, he was acquitted 2013 due to the lack of evidence. So that murder uh, still stands, and no one was ever caught for that one as well. So, um, yeah, that's your that's your um, 
Hollywood, Southern uh, California, uh, unsolved mysteries there in a nutshell. Um, we, if you would like for us to dig into any of these topics a little deeper, um, especially the Black Dahlia, like I said, it's been done a million times, but maybe we could put a different spin on it. Um, you know, there, Natalie Wood is another good one we could we could actually dig in on too. So, um, you guys, we will be back in force in the studio next week. We've got some good episodes lined up, ready to come out. Uh, I just look forward to getting back in there with everybody and the rest of the guys and and uh, giving you giving you something to talk about on your way to work the next day. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, remember to go check out cigarstoreidiot.com. Get you some blackout coffee. Uh, the Moonwalker deals are still going on. Uh, make sure you hit those links. Use the promo code. Save you some money. And again, we appreciate everybody listening, and we will talk to you guys really soon. Y'all take care.